0: 2022
1: is Ukraine! The
2: Ukraine has won the Eurovision Song Contest in a show of support from the rest of the continent following
3: Russia's invasion of the country. The band Kalush Orchestra brought to Ukraine the
1: victory at the Eurovision finale. Ukraine special Eurovision.
3: European
2: audience
1: offers victory to Ukraine.
2: The Eurovision Song Contest is taking place in Liverpool this year.
1: The UK is hosting on behalf of Ukraine amidst the backdrop of war.
3: Volodymyr Zelensky says his country will do its best to host the Eurovision Song Contest next year.
2: Bring you some breaking news that the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest will be hosted in the United Kingdom on
1: behalf of Ukraine.
2: This year's slogan is United by Music. But Russia's been booted.
1: Belarus was kicked out too. Turkey's quit. So has Hungary. North Macedonia, Montenegro, and Bulgaria all say they can't afford to join the party. So how united actually is Europe? And how did we get here? The
2: contest began in 1956, in the aftermath of the Second World War, as Europe rebuilt and searched for ways to come together.
1: We must recreate the European Germany! Just seven countries took part. Holland, Switzerland, Belgium, Germania, Francia, Luxembourg, Italia. But over the next four decades, it expanded with more and more countries signing up.
4: Austria, 12 points. Sweden, 12 points. Monaco, Yugoslavia, Israel, Norway, Finland!
2: Across the continent, borders changed, leaders fell, and disasters
1: struck.
0: There has been a nuclear accident in the Soviet Union. Good evening, live from the Berlin Wall on the most historic night.
1: But the contest endured. This podcast looks at the
2: contest from the fall of the Iron Curtain to the present. How do nations use the stage to brand themselves? Beneath the glitz and glamour, what proxy wars are still playing out? And what do they tell us about where Europe is today? This is the story of what really happened at Eurovision. Hi, it's William Colling from Blogs. You guys, it is not fun talking about Eurovision alone. So my friend Freddie and I are going back
1: in time to talk about the song contest together. So Freddie, who are you? (laughs) Hey guys, I'm Freddie. I'm a journalist and Eurovision stan. Uh, William and I used to work together. We've been talking about this pod for a long time. We record together, but our guests are remote, so like all good Eurovision shows, you may realize that the connection is not always the strongest.
2: <laughs> what well, we are keeping it real, so let's get to it. We've been talking about Ukraine there in the snazzy intro and Russia's invasion.
1: But this isn't the first time Eurovision has taken place during a time of war.
2: Yeah, let's take it back to the 1993 edition of the contest in Mill Street, Ireland, which occurred following the breakup of
0: Yugoslavia. That warm welcome doesn't begin to
1: convey the struggles of Bosnia and Herzegovina's first ever contestant. His name is Mohamed Fazlagic and he's known on stage as Fazla. He had to flee Sarajevo in the middle of the night avoiding
0: snipers. I don't remember pain at all. I just remember adrenaline that was so high and I didn't even feel that I was running barefooted.
2: For Bosnia and Herzegovina, it was momentous. Just a year earlier, in the spring of 92, it had declared independence.
1: Yet Eurovision 1993 was its first appearance anywhere on the world stage.
2: But it came at a time of great turmoil. Its capital, Sarajevo, was occupied by opposing forces. The fiercest fighting yet in Bosnia
0: as Serbian gunmen try to break up Europe's newest country.
3: Many guns on both sides. This is a mainly Serbian enclave, and it seems that the Muslims, emboldened by their relative success in the city center late yesterday, were trying to storm in Egypt today. They were met with
1: stiff resistance by the Serbs. So the Siege of Sarajevo was essentially the result of the disintegration of Yugoslavia. This is Dr. Dean Vuletic, an academic historian on contemporary Europe. He's also the author of the book Post-War Europe and the Eurovision Song Contest.
3: The first to go was Slovenia. The second was Croatia. Now in Bosnia and Herzegovina, the situation was rather different because it's a multi-ethnic republic. The... Bosniaks and Croats also wanted Bosnia and Herzegovina to become independent. The Serbs were opposed. They wanted to remain in a Yugoslavia that was Serb-dominated, a Serbia that was then led by uh, President Slobodan Milosevic, and they opposed the independence of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and as a result, also led military action against the uh, Bosniaks and Croats, which is how we ended up with the uh, war in Bosnia and Herzegovina and the siege of Sarajevo.
2: It was the longest siege of any capital city in the history of modern warfare. Sarajevo rests in a valley, and enemy snipers lined the mountains and shot down from above. More than 10,000 people died. It didn't end until 1996.
3: And the ethnic map of Bosnia is being redrawn. The refugees are looking for help to the European community, to the United Nations, and the Commission for Refugees. There's not a sign here
1: of any of them. Fazler was 25 years old when war broke out. He was part of a group of musicians the government called upon to make resistance
0: music. The War started in April. Uh, Bosnia got recognised in the United Nations as an independent country. May 22 of 1992, and at the moment we all, I'm talking about entire pop scene, rock scene, and everything, we were at the trenches where we were trying to defend territory, our homes, families, and so forth. So somewhere in June or July, we got ordered to put together artistic platoon where we became on a daily basis producing songs that should lift up morale of the soldiers and everybody else.
2: He was surprised that the state TV channel announced it would stage a national final to choose an entry for the contest.
1: He entered the songs Farbols Svijeta, which Fasla translated for us as All the Pain in the World. It's an autobiographical number addressed to loved ones who had fled the war. Despite its strong message to Bosnians, Fasla still didn't expect it to win. The contest was decided by a panel of jurors and he was still relatively unknown.
0: we me, it was surprised because I was kind of inexperienced singer at the time. But people who were making songs, they were well-known hit makers in the former yugoslavia so they felt confident that this was good we wanted to show to europe and to rest of the world that we exist that was the first thing second thing we wanted to bring our story to the rooms of the ordinary people in europe because we knew at the time that such a huge audience will pay attention we were not pleased with the with the, with the pictures from bosnia that media was serving to the to the europe but winning
1: Bosnia's national final was not a guarantee of going to Eurovision. Bosnia and Herzegovina first had to qualify through a special show called Qualification for Mill Street. That's because ahead of Eurovision 1993, the European Broadcasting Union saw a flurry of newly independent countries wanting to participate. So the EBU organised the one-off event in Slovenia's capital, Ljubljana. The problem for Fazler was how to get out of Bosnia to make his way to this competition. Sarajevo was hermetically sealed. There wasn't actually a safe route out. The day after
2: winning Bosnia and Herzegovina's national selection, Fozla met with the army in the city center, who told him to pack his bags. The Bosnian selection had been pre-recorded the night before for security reasons, so while his nation was watching the competition that evening, Fozla would secretly be making his way out of the country.
0: And basically they just told us, go get your stuff in an hour. You'll have to be here when we are going to the to the airport, to the war zone, where we're going to be running about one kilometre across the airport runway in the middle of the night, and I mean, you know, God bless you, if you make it great, if you don't make it, that was your destiny and that's it.
1: So Fazla went back to his apartment to say goodbye to his mum. He didn't have much to bring with him, he'd already had to flee from his old neighbourhood, leaving most of his possessions behind. As Bosnians sat down to watch the national selection show, Fuzla was about to run for his life.
0: We had a, probably about fifteen people in our team. They break you in three or four different teams. They give you guide who is gonna run in front of you, and you're gonna follow him or her. And then airport is covered by the soldiers of the United Nations. So we got cut on the first attempt. They put you back in transporter. And they ship you back, I mean, you know, where you started.
2: Fazla sounds calm in his retelling, but let's be clear, the stakes were very high. He could be killed trying to get to Eurovision.
1: Not only were there UN transporters on the airfield, but the airport itself was surrounded by Serb snipers.
0: Other ordinary and civilian people were trying to run across the airport to get food, to bring it back. I know the night we went there, six people got killed and 17 got wounded.
2: The harsh Sarajevo winter slowed Fazola's team down. It complicated an already perilous journey.
0: We are talking March of '93. We are talking about three feet of snow, mud, freezing temperature, probably 15 Celsius below zero, and and very very inappropriate gear, missing some good coats and 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 gloves and and hats and and stuff.
1: Buzler and his team had to get to the other side of the airfield to have any chance of making it to Mill Street. As soon
0: as I stepped on the the airport, I got in the mud and my shoes got stuck in the mud. So I ran across the airport completely barefooted.
2: He had to run for a kilometer in the snow. His feet were numb and he was being shot at from above.
0: I don't remember pain at all. I just remember adrenaline that was so high and I didn't even feel that I was running barefooted. You are just thinking how to accomplish, how do I get to the other side? How do I break the siege? Because when you break the siege, your chances represent Bosnia are significantly higher. I was successful in the second attempt. Some of my friends were successful from the first, some, some in the third attempt.
1: Once off the airfield, Fuzler and his team still had to walk nearly 10 kilometers to get to a point where they were no longer visible to enemy snipers.
0: As soon as I get to the mountain of Bigman, uh, we had uh, radio amateurs. They were calling people that they uh, were close to my mom and immediately they reported that I'm safe and that everything is okay.
1: At the qualification show in Ljubljana, seven countries competed.
0: I wish you all watching us now in Bosnia and Herzegovina Estonia, Croatia, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia as well. Fazla
1: opened the show.
2: At the end of the night, three countries qualified Bosnia and Herzegovina, along with its neighbors, Croatia, and Slovenia. Fazla was going to Eurovision in Ireland.
0: The pain of the whole world from Bosnia and Herzegovina.
2: Performed by the group
1: Fazla. So with Eurovision a month away, he decided to wait it out abroad rather than returning to Sarajevo.
0: We had only 30 days and it was the smartest decision we ever made because war broke between Bosnians and the Croats at the southern part. So we didn't have any way of getting out of Sarajevo if I went back. And our conductor went back and he couldn't get out for Eurovision song competition. We went to Milstrup without conductor. An Irish conductor was nice enough to, to do the job, I mean, you know, for instead of Bosnia.
2: Those who know the contest now understand the fanfare that comes with it, but for Fosla, the media storm in Ireland was a surprise. More
0: than anybody could expect they were taking us to the rehearsal by helicopters. We had really big large security about our hotel. I think Bosnia and Israel were special forces secured. Basically, could move anywhere with without bodyguards and stuff, but the the media attention was crazy. I don't remember s- single big agency or single uh, big media that didn't cover our story, and we were glad because finally we were able to bring Bashirian story from the political field to the living rooms of the normal and ordinary people. And I think in that sense we helped. Many European governments start thinking a little bit different about Bali. We were pleased that there was so much media, although at first I was really surprised. And the biggest surprise for them uh, was that Muhammad could have a blonde hair, blue eyes, and to be told one one six three. I mean, you know, six feet three inches. I was getting on every single day, we don't look like Muhammad. And I would ask, how, <laughs> how Muhammad supposed to look like?
1: And then it was time for his big performance. was it, he thought. He wanted to send a message to the rest of the continent that his country needed help.
0: So in the middle of the song, I'm turning back to the public. That was symbolizing how Europe turned back on us. That was our way of saying, you guys did turn your back on us. Look how it looks when we turn back on you. It's not proven. And at the same time, I had my hands held high and head held high to describe Balazian pride even in the fight for our own
2: lives. For Bosnians, it's a defining moment. Here's Kinney, a Wiwi Blogs listener from Bosnia. He was a young child at the time.
3: In order to watch Eurovision, we had to get accumulators to charge them up from the energy that our cars produced. Then we would use the accumulator to hook it up to the tiny TV because the bigger one consumed more energy. Then the whole family gathered to watch. When Fazla started singing, no one in our living room was left without emotion. By the time he finished, there were tears spilled, but also a huge sense of relief and pride. Probably because the rest of Europe was looking at us at the time when we were going through worst years of our lives. That is why those three minutes on that stage, as well as calling Sarajevo for the votes announcement, gave a small sign of hope that the better days will come.
1: Dean, one of Bosnia's biggest pop stars, was nine years old at the time. He also represented the country at the contest twice, in 2004 and 2016.
4: I was 11 years old, and at the time, I was living with my mother and brother in a basement with other women and children. I also remember that we had a very cool and generous neighbor. He shared his generator with us. So at the end, we were able to watch Fazla's legendary performance. I remember tears, joy, happiness, fear, pride, everything kind of mixed, mixed emotions. And I'm very grateful to him even today. It, he was very brave, and that's absolutely iconic for Bosnia and Herzegovina even today.
2: Many other Bosnians shared similar stories with Bosla.
0: In Sarajevo, people knew exactly where they were when I was performing a Eurovision song competition. Because for them, it took effort to watch that Eurovision, and many, many soldiers still to this day. They approached me and they saw they had a radio and they were listening to my performance when they were in, a, in, a, in the trenches. What does that mean to you? I got goosebumps right now when I'm telling you this. During those three years, if you could make people happy and, and proud for three minutes, and if I succeeded, I can peacefully die. The
1: most memorable moments of Eurovision often take place during the voting segment.
2: With tension high and the leaderboard changing constantly, artists and viewers find themselves on the edge of their seats at the best of
1: times. But for Eurovision in 1993 in Mill Street, Ireland, the most powerful moment had nothing to do with the final results. It came when Bosnia and Herzegovina's spokesperson, speaking from Sarajevo, delivered his points.
3: still to play four. We'll now go to Sarajevo. Good evening, Sarajevo. May we have your votes, please? Sarajevo, have your votes, Hello Sarajevo, we're hearing you. One
0: point, Slovenia, okay, yeah, 1 point. Murcia, um, point. mean, 2 points. Turkey, 2 The connection with Sarajevo didn't Turkey, work. Two Not even satellite phone at the time. And then Sarajevo finally responded through the radio amateur. Kingdom, and you we could, you could hear points. that long sound of uh, uh, radio. It's kind of difficult right now to talk about it. Malta, it's it's, it's really difficult, but we know our, our jury is alive, and that represented the people in Sarajevo are still alive, and they're going to vote. And you hear that sound, one that goes through your, your bones. I got choked up a little bit on that. That explains where, where our people work, the... It was probably the most proud moment of my life.
1: We're seeing another country in wartime represented on the Eurovision stage. Does this does it remind you of Bosnia? Do you do? You of connect course,
0: it the situation is very similar. Just circumstances of the, of the teams representing Ukraine or Bosnia at the time are not the same. We were completely under siege. We didn't have any help. Bosnia at the time lived under arms embargo. Nobody did help us to to get to Eurovision. And then finally we didn't have televoting. We didn't we couldn't capitalize on the sympathy of the people of Europe that they were sympathizing with Bosnia at the time, as they did with the with uh, Ukraine at the time. And the final outcome is that Bosnia finished sixteenth, Ukraine won.
1: You don't think there's more support for Ukraine than there, there was for Bosnia at the time?
0: At least hundred times. <laughs> and and
1: I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Does it make you stop to think a little bit that there wasn't that support for Bosnia in the same way that Ukraine is getting now? I mean we're not saying that Ukraine doesn't deserve it, but maybe that Bosnia deserved more.
0: Bosnia's for sure deserved more at the time. But we understand, you know we understand that we are not as important as Ukraine is. We understood that our enemy at the time, an aggressor, wasn't Russia. He was Serbia at the time in Croatia. And we understood that we were not Christians, that we were Muslims at the time, predominantly Muslim nation. And we know how the Europe is, is looking in a stereotypical way when it comes to Muslims. So we, we kind of accepted the difficult role, but we didn't Surrender. We just wanted to explain that our cause is just...
1: So William, listening to Fazla there, it's clear that it's, it's very significant for Bosnia and Herzegovina to perform at the Eurovision Song Contest, but they haven't competed since 2016. Do you think it's lost its relevance? So I
2: think we have to ask ourselves, has it lost its relevance and to whom? Um, Certainly there's a healthy community of Eurovision fans in Bosnia and Herzegovina who love the contest. Uh, But you're right, the country hasn't participated since 2016. That's not down to the artist. There are huge artists in the country who would love to take that stage. But the fact is, there's just not a lot of governmental support. Dean, who of course was the last singer to represent Bosnia and Herzegovina at Eurovision... He actually told me he got no support, no financial help from the government when he competed. His song had a very strong message about the migration crisis and being there for each other. And that idea resonates strongly with Bosnians in the aftermath of the Yugoslav wars. Let's play the clip. This is what he had to say.
4: It's a painful truth that we didn't have any kind of support from government or public broadcasting service. And everything uh, we've done, it's because of us. Uh, we were doing everything by ourselves in the middle of the project. I even had to take the role of executive producer. Uh, we had some crazy circumstances, and uh, instead of just focusing on my performance, I had to uh, do thousand different things, but also everyone in the, in the project. We were doing a thousand different things just to be able to travel and to represent Bosnia and Herzegovina.
1: Fazler thinks that some politicians want to discourage United Bosnia and Herzegovina. He says they think that participating in Eurovision could bring people together.
0: Two parties that they are in power currently, Serbian Party and Croatian Democratic Union, they decided not to fund anything that carries the name of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and that's the reason why we own, to EBU probably six million euros. That's the reason why they don't want to fund it and why they don't want to see Bosnia and Eurovision Song competition. Because they are counting the people that are ethnically Croats, the people that are ethnically Serbs should not be pulling and cheering for Bosnia and Herzegovina, their own country. Other Eurovision Song competition, instead, they should cheer for Croatia and So they they took opportunity from the table, from the ethnic Croats and Serbs in Bosnia to cheer for their own country. So they don't have a choice. but to cheer and and pull for Croatia
2: Dr. Dean Vuletic agrees with Fazla. He thinks a lot of leaders don't want a national broadcaster that unites different regions of the country.
3: The financial problems stem from the fact that the country is still divided according to uh, the three major national groups. It's also divided between these two uh, entities, the Bosnian-Croat Federation and the uh, Republika Srpska and the Republika Srpska does not have an interest in having a national broadcaster for the country. It wants to become independent and ultimately to join Serbia. So this is why there is also a blocking of financial support for the national broadcaster of Bosnia and Herzegovina that is member of the european broadcasting union because to be a member of the european broadcasting union you need to be a national broadcaster so the broadcaster of republika Srpska uh cannot uh, join their ebu or enter eurovision separately so it comes down to a result of the war the division of the country as a result of the war and the fact that there are those in bosnia and herzegovina who do not want to live in uh, a common state and as such do not support the common symbols of their state, including a national broadcaster and participation in Eurovision. But despite
2: this, Fazla still holds out hope.
1: Do you think it will come back? Hopefully it will.
0: I hope. I'll, I'll never give up. Would you perform again? No. Why not? Because there's plenty better singers than I am, plenty better looking than I am, And plenty younger singers than
1: I Next time on What Really Happened at Eurovision.
3: Hello, I'm Dana International.
0: Love you all. Kisses.
2: Yep, the original diva herself, the first and only openly trans winner of the contest, Dana International is in conversation with us.
1: With us. Thanks for listening. Catch you soon. Bye. This podcast was presented by WeWeBlogs. We've been your hosts, William Lee Adams and Freddie Tennyson. All clips are readily available on the
2: internet and used under fair use or through Creative Commons licenses.